March 24th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 through 38. We'll be reading about true values. In his ordination sermon for the apostles, Jesus emphasized the true spiritual values of life in contrast to the false values of the Pharisees. Yes, God's people have their enemies, even as Jesus did. We must be giving and forgiving, and we must pray for them. Not that God would destroy them, but that He would change them, change their hearts. The best way to conquer an enemy is to make him a friend. Keep your heart right with God, and the Lord will produce the good fruit in your life. We'll also read about true obedience. True obedience is not just words, but deeds, and it involves hearing the word and doing it. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March 24th, Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 38. One day, soon after Jesus went to a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose twelve of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, he also called him Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. When they came down the slopes of the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the sea coasts of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed, and Jesus cast out many evil spirits. Everyone was trying to touch him, because healing power went out from him, and they were all cured. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is given to you. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for the time will come when you will laugh with joy. God blesses you who are hated and excluded and mocked and cursed because you're identified with me, the Son of Man. When that happens, rejoice. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were also treated that way by your ancestors. What sorrows await you who are rich? For you have only your happiness now. What sorrows await you who are satisfied and prosperous now? For a time of awful hunger is before you. What sorrows await you who laugh carelessly? For your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrows await you who are praised by the crowds? For their ancestors also praised false prophets. But if you are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give what you have to anyone who asks you for it. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. 
Do for others as you would like them to do for you. Do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those who love you? Even the sinners do that. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, is that so wonderful? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, what good is that? Even sinners will lend to their own kind for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them. And don't be concerned that they might not repay. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and to those who are wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Stop judging others, and you will not be judged. Stop criticizing others, or it will all come back on you. If you forgive others, you will be forgiven. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. People that make a difference in the world are not people who have mastered a lot of things. They are people who have been mastered by a very few things that are very, very great. If you want your life to count, you don't have to have a high IQ and you don't have to have a high EQ. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to have good looks. You don't have to be from a good family or from a good school. You just have to know a few basic, simple, glorious, majestic, obvious, unchanging, eternal things and be gripped by them and be willing to lay down your life for them. Which is why anybody in this crowd can make a worldwide difference because it isn't you it's what you're gripped with but one of the really sad things about this moment right now is that there are hundreds of you in this crowd who do not want your life to make a difference all you want is to be liked. Maybe 
finish school, get a good job, find a husband or a wife, a nice house, a nice car, long weekends, good vacations, grow old, healthy, have a fun retirement, die easy, no hell, and that's all you want. You don't give a rip whether your life counts on this earth for eternity. That's a tragedy in the making. That is a tragedy in the making. About three weeks ago, we got news at our church that Ruby Eliason and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon. Ruby Elias, over 80, single all her life, a nurse, poured her life out for one thing, to make Jesus Christ known among the sick and the poor in the hardest and most unreached places. Laura Edwards, a medical doctor in the Twin Cities, and then in retirement, partnering up with Ruby, also pushing 80, and going from village to village in Cameroon. And the brakes give way. Over a cliff they go, and they're dead instantly. And I asked my people, is this a tragedy? Two women in their 80s, almost, a, a whole life devoted to one idea, Jesus Christ magnified among the poor and the sick in the hardest places, and 20 years after most of their American counterparts had begun to throw their lives away on trivialities in Florida and New Mexico, fly into eternity with a death in a moment. Is this a tragedy, I asked. It is not a tragedy. I'll read you what a tragedy is. I've got a little article here from Reader's Digest. Title of the article, Start Now, Retire Early, February 1998. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler play softball, and collect shells. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. And there are people in this country that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. With all my heart, 
I plead with you, don't buy that dream. The American dream. A nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement. Collecting shells. As the last chapter, before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account with what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell collection. Look, Lord, my shell collection. And I've got a good swing. And look at my boat. God, look at my boat, God. Well, not for Ruby and not for Laura. Don't waste your life. Don't waste it. There was on the kitchen wall in our house a little plaque. I grew up with it from the time I was six on, and now it hangs on the wall in my living room at home. And it said this, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. 48 years I've seen that almost every day of my life. And I am here to plead with you to make your life count for the cross. Psalm 67, verses 1 through 7. This missionary psalm exhorts us to get the message out to all the nations of the world. Why? Because they need light. The lost walk in darkness and need the light of God's face to shine upon them. They have lost their way and are headed for eternal darkness. Does that burden you at all? And because they need joy, we have to get the word out. Sin gives pleasure for only a short time, but in Christ there are pleasures forevermore. How can we keep to ourselves the joy that Jesus gives? And we need to get the message out to the nations because they need righteousness, which can come only through faith in Jesus Christ, and because they need life. The field is the world, but that field is not producing fruit to the glory of God. Only with God's life and blessing can the harvest of righteousness come. If every believer did what you do about missions, would all the people of the earth be praising the Lord? Psalm 67, verses 1 through 7. For the choir director, a psalm. To be accompanied by stringed instruments, a song. May God be merciful and bless us. May His face shine with favor upon us. May Your ways be known throughout the earth, Your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise You, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise You. How glad the nations will be, singing for joy, because You govern them with justice and direct the actions of the whole world. May the nations praise You, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. 
Then the earth will yield its harvests, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear Him. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27. If you search for good, you will find favor, but if you search for evil, it will find you.